This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Welcome to Habits You Love, a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, and with each episode, it is my mission to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to build healthy habits and create a life you love. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Habits You Love. I'm excited for some really great conversation today about motherhood, medicine, and motivation with Dr. Nicole Sparks. So before I do her introduction, I'm just going to do a full disclosure. She does not have extra hours in the day more than anyone else. So when I read you this, don't think she somehow magically created extra hours in the day. She's just that good. Dr. Sparks is a board certified in obstetrics and gynecology in Georgia. She is passionate about empowering women to take charge of their health and decreasing maternal mortality rates in the U.S. through awareness and patient education. She has a blog and creates lifestyle content where she discusses everything from balancing career and family to menstrual wellness and advocating for yourself during pregnancy and the postpartum period. She is also a published children's book author and has been featured in Bustle, Pop, Sugar, BuzzFeed, Glamour, and Hello Giggles. She loves to travel, is married, and has three children. Welcome, Dr. Sparks. Thank you. Like I said, you don't have any extra hours in the day, but you are killing it on on all fronts. (laughs) So we are going to talk about motherhood medicine and motivation today. So I thought we'd kind of just go in that order. I really want to dive a little bit deeper into your story into motherhood. Um, I know you could probably relate to a lot of women that may have struggled to get pregnant in the beginning before having your first son. So maybe talk us through that journey of, you know, trying to have a baby when you started and your thoughts and feelings and all that. Sure. So thank you for having me. Me and my husband, so we got married right before medical school started and um, pretty much wanted to start trying to get pregnant right away. And you know, it had been years and it just didn't happen. And we realized that I had huge fibroids that were in the way. So I looked pregnant, but I wasn't pregnant. So I had surgery for my fibroids while I was in med school and they were huge and um, still tried after that. Took about 
another year and a half. And I always say like, we can plan however we want to, and it just never ends up turning out that way. So when I started my OBGYN residency the first month, we realized, oh my goodness, we're pregnant. So the timing couldn't have been more wrong, but of course we were still so excited. So I had my first child as a first year OBGYN resident and anybody who knows about residency, you know, whether you watch Grey's Anatomy or you know someone who's in medicine, the hours are long. And so we routinely do 80 hours a week. So it was a lot just physically being pregnant and being in the operating room and being on call for 24 hours and then having a baby and having a newborn in residency. And so that was that was a lot. I still wouldn't have done it any other way just because we were so excited when we first got pregnant with our son. You know, it took us forever and our next step was going to be IVF when residency was done, but we're glad it worked out the way it did. And then I had my second daughter, my fourth year of residency. She was planned, but still, again, pretty hard. I would say a little bit easier than my intern year because I was at least on my way out, but it was still hard, still working these long hours. And then I had my third baby last year. So I have a seven, a four, and a one-year-old. And life is pretty crazy, as you would expect, (laughs) because I still do take quite a bit of call, not nearly as much as in residency. I've kind of catered my schedule to be home a lot with my kids. Like even now I'm off for a couple of weeks. I kind of stacked my calls so I could be off for a little bit. So I've really been able to cater my schedule around my children with which I absolutely love. So I can, you know, balance being a physician, being a wife and being a mother. Absolutely. All about balance. I was going to ask that when you said that, I was wondering, do you work full time or so you kind of you have your schedule laid out to where you're not working full time. So I technically work full time, but I don't work every day. So I used to be in private practice. Those who know me, I used to be in work, you know, the traditional eight to five and then call on the weekends and it just became too much. And I still felt like I was home enough. And so now what I do is what we call a hospitalist. So I do seven 24 hour shifts a month. So if you average it, I work the same as any average person, but it's stacked because I'm at the hospital for 24, 48 hours at a time. But because I can do that, I do have quite a bit of time off when I, cause you know, where somebody work eight hours in a day, I'm basically doing somebody's three days in one day. So because of that, I'm able to have some extended time off. So I'm still technically full time, but I don't work every day. If that makes sense. That's great. Oh my gosh. I would totally do that in heartbeat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I tell people it's worth it. The call is brutal, but then when I'm off, I'm off. Right. So mm-hmm. like I, now I have a two and a half week stretch and I'm off. Even this summer, we were able to take a month long trip to Europe, which has been like a dream for me to do with my children. So we had such a great time. And again, because I've kind of curated and cultivated this schedule where I could still do what I love and still have my career, but also have plenty of time with my family, especially because they're so young. I just feel like these years are so important and I don't want to miss them. Absolutely. That's I love what you just said that you, you know, you kind of created your life by design, how you want right. it to be. And I think a lot of women really struggle with that. Right. I think they have to think it's one or the other. Right. Um, so you're a great testament to that. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, going kind of through your 
your journey of, of trying to even have that first baby and your mindset and everything, what would you tell other women maybe going through the same thing? You know, a lot, like I said, a lot of people do struggle with. And what's funny is that when they're ready, they don't really know they have the issues that they have. And so they're like, okay, I'm ready. We're going to get pregnant. And then they have all of these obstacles in the way. What would you say to someone that may be going through one, two, three years of infertility right now? I would say that make sure you listen to your body. You know, when I had the fibroids, it wasn't something that just popped up. It had been going on for years and I just kind of ignored it as, you know, I'm just bloating and this is normal. Maybe I'm just gaining weight. And so listen to your body and actually get help early. You know, we define infertility if you're trying for greater than one year to get pregnant. And so, you know, if you have tried for greater than one year, less than the age of 35, and if you're over the age of 35, even six months of trying with no luck, then we definitely want you to see your healthcare provider and make sure that you're getting some answers for why, you know, and I think in addition to that, make sure you're taking care of yourself. You know, the same things that we always say, drink enough water, exercise, make sure you're maintaining a healthy diet, you're taking your vitamins, all of those things that prepare your body for pregnancy. But, you know, if it's something deeper that's going on, you want to make sure that you get it earlier than not, because we both we all know that age is a factor. You know, I was classified as geriatric my last pregnancy. I hate the classification, but that's how it shows up in the computer. But, you know, I had my last baby at 36 and I'm 37 now, so you know, just make sure that you're not waiting and just brushing things off. If something seems like it's not right, bring it up to your healthcare provider so you can get interventions early. Mentally, what would be your advice? I think women fall into this like, oh my gosh, I am not fulfilling my duties as a woman. And they go kind of go through this whole rabbit hole and identity of why am I even here if I'm not going to create a baby? Right. Right. And I think we have to make sure that our identity isn't wrapped up in that. Like I even had to do that with medicine because I tell people that medicine is what I do. It's not who I am. But there was a time in my life where my whole identity was wrapped up in being a physician. And I tell people that you have to have an identity outside of your career, outside of your children. My children very much are my life, but I still have an identity outside of them. You have to. And so I think you just have to to get back to you. And when you're in the trenches of trying to get pregnant, I truly don't think there is much anyone can say because when you want something so bad and it seems like everyone else around you is getting pregnant, it does get pretty frustrating. So I don't know if I can say much to while you're in the trenches, but I will say to get back to you and focus on you and know that you are enough all by yourself. You, you, You really are. And just make sure that you have good support, whether that's from your partner or from your parents or from your friends, so that during your waiting time, you're not waiting and unhappy. Like, I truly believe that you can wait and and be happy in your waiting period. And so that would be my biggest advice is not to get so lost into the, you know, I'm ovulating now. This is when this has to happen because that was me. Like I had everything down to a T. And I just feel like when you do that, it just takes the fun out of everything in your life. And so I would really focus on what can I do to make myself happy during this time, keep myself fulfilled during this time, during this waiting period. Of course, being positive, getting help in the meantime, doing all the things you need to do, but doing it with a joyful spirit and not like, oh my gosh, I'm going through this again. And, you know, getting sad every time your period comes, like I've been there, I, I was there for years, but just to be happy in your waiting. Yes, I love that. I am uh, 19 weeks pregnant today. It was not planned. I'm 33. So, you know, I'm kind of taken up there and I haven't been on birth control in like five years. 
And my boyfriend and I, like, we weren't taking really the <laughs> necessary precautions, I would right. say. But I kind of came to this point of like, well, maybe I'm, maybe I have issues. Maybe I can't, you know, because I was like, well, no, we haven't even had a scare. And then right. all of a sudden, it, it happened. This is your first yeah. baby, I'm assuming? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah. I know. I'm so terrified. <laughs> So I need actually, you know, that's not true. I say that I'm really trying to be very calm and very just, okay, this is happening and not to fight against it. Right. But I will. I want to ask you kind of what it what was your favorite thing with pregnancy? And was it harder than you thought easier? All the things. So with pregnancy, I'm probably not the best person to ask because I, I don't love being pregnant. Some people love being pregnant. I don't. I think I love just dressing up my bump because, you know, when I dress up any other time, I have to like suck in and be worried about my body. But whenever you're pregnant, everyone just thinks your bump is so cute. So I could pretty much wear whatever I wanted. And everybody's like, oh my God, it's so cute. Mm -hmm. But I, I think the best part about pregnancy is you connecting with this little human that you've never even met. You've never seen this baby, you know, other than black and white ultrasound, but you're already so connected to them. And to me, that's just such a beautiful thing. And, you know, for me, pregnancy was particularly hard just because of when I had my baby. So I was working a ton. So I would I would say that I didn't truly get to enjoy my pregnancies because I was always running, 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 tired, cramping, pain, all of these things. And so um, but I, I would say for other people, <laughs> who probably have more (laughs) normal jobs where they're not working, you know, crazy hours, I would say just to really take it all in. Because even though I don't particularly like being pregnant, I do say the there are some things that I miss, like after the baby is out where I'm like, man, I, you know, I may never get to do this again. So I think just really sitting, you know, you're about halfway, just really like enjoying it and taking it in all, all the little things and everything about pregnancy is not enjoyable. Some people have really bad nausea. They get really bad pain. You get more discomfort as you get closer to your third trimester. But I do think just bringing life into the world is just such a beautiful thing. I'm glad that even though my hours are crazy, that's something I get to experience. I tell people it just never gets old. It just really is so beautiful. So just taking it all in. But my favorite part is really just connecting with this person you've never even met. Yeah, I'm finding I'm finding that and just watching your partner kind of do the same thing. It's, it's right. really special. I was just one of those people where I wasn't gung-ho on having a baby. Honestly, I was right. never like, I need a baby. I have right. to have a baby. So in a way, I think that might have helped me not be so controlling of the situation. Right. And and it being on my mind constantly that it kind of is a testament to like just kind of letting go of the process and it letting it happen a little bit easier and more naturally. <laughs> and that's right. That's what I got. So Good. but I am excited now. I am. Yeah, I'm getting excited. Um, having a little boy like you. Yay. So I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. I thought it was a girl. 100%. I was like, no, it's a girl. <laughs> I had a girl name picked out. I didn't even try for a boy name. And it's a boy. So we'll have to just move on. from that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know why I wanted a girl. Like I've even growing up, I've always said, well, if I ever do have kids, I think I do want a boy. They're probably a little bit easier. I wasn't the best teenage right. female. Oh, worried about all that. So I don't right. know why I always wanted a boy. But then when I got pregnant, I've just been doing a lot of healing on myself and kind of like with like my my mom and yeah. mother wound and 
getting more like feminine energy. I'm, I have a very masculine energy. Um, and so I think I just was like, oh, I want a girl. <laughs> but it's all good. So tell us why you are super passionate about what you do with medicine, um, empowering women, you know, through the whole process of that, like what kind of brought that on? Is that from an early age? Is that, how did that transpire? So my mother tells me I've always wanted to be a doctor from the time I was four years old. So that was, that never changed. At first when I was going through training, um, thought about pediatrics, dermatology. And then when I did my OBGYN rotation, I just loved it. I feel like you get to connect with women at various areas of their lives, whether it's puberty, pregnancy, menopause, everything in between. And we are with women at some of the most delicate points in their lives. Like even our exam is intimate. So like you just really have to trust your OBGYN. And um, I just love that patients actually put their trust in me. And then, you know, the U.S., as great as it is, has one of the highest maternal mortality rates. And so I really just like educating patients on how to advocate for themselves during pregnancy, how to recognize when something is going wrong, when something is not right, how to speak up, you know, when something is going wrong, just awareness of what to expect in the labor and delivery stage in the postpartum stage, which is just as important as the pregnancy that's a lot of times gets overlooked you know, in this country. And so really just knowing the stats that are out there and wanting to empower women to take charge of their pregnancies when it comes to just choosing your doctor, you know, or choosing your midwife or your doula, just making sure that the same way you choose your restaurants and your hotels and everything. I tell people, you're not married to your doctor. If you don't like them, you feel like they're not listening to you, you go to another one. You you just, you have to make sure that you and your baby are being taken care of and getting quality care during your pregnancies. Absolutely. Like you said, I don't think people or women even go that far to think about that. I haven't thought about that. (laughs) I just worried about (laughs) the pregnancy. And I think you just assume it's all going to be okay. And there's not going to be any issues and the doctors and nurses know what they're doing, but that's not always the case. So I love that you advocate for that. Um, I kind of want to go back to a little bit of some postpartum tips. I, I don't know about you, but I was a health and fitness you know, expert, I'm a coach, I used to be a personal trainer, I very much see myself as my body looks good. I That's like a sign to me that I'm taking care of myself, that I'm loving myself, respecting myself. So I personally am having a really hard time with, uh, you know, gaining weight and like, what's it going to do to my body? And am I mm-hmm. going to be able to bounce back? I don't know what your experience was, or if you have any tips for postpartum and, you know, bouncing back, getting back to where you were. If you haven't already, I want to introduce you to TN Dickinson's, a brand families have trusted for gentle and effective first aid and skincare for over 150 years. I was blown away by the research I did on their products. I was specifically looking on what to use naturally for postpartum pain, and I came across their witch hazel product. Witch hazel is a 100% natural astringent and anti-inflammatory, gentle enough for daily use for any first aid needs on the face and body. During postpartum recovery, it is most helpful for treating pain and inflammation that comes from swelling in your perineum, and this natural remedy can be a godsend for all of your perineum needs. 
You can use it to cleanse, soothe, and relieve oily, irritated, red, damaged, and blemished skin. There are so many other products to choose from at their website, which I will be shopping at. Learn more at www.tndickinsons.com. That's T-N-D-I-C-K-I-N-S-O-N-S.com. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Yeah, so I tell people that, you know, your body takes, you know, almost 10 months to grow this baby and it goes through so many changes like people don't even understand the physiology that happens where your heart has to work 50% more where your uterus literally pushes all of the organs out of the way and your body literally diverts blood away from other organs to your uterus like so many changes happen that we don't need to be in a rush afterwards and even you know when I was pregnant with my first two, like I was actively doing CrossFit, super fit, um, not as much with the third, but with the first two, just definitely super fit. And I would say after the first one, I did kind of bounce back pretty quickly. But I tell people that we can't let that be our goal because I find that afterwards people aren't eating as they should to support like breastfeeding and things like that because they're just in this race to be skinny again. And I'm like, your body is never going to be the same. It is just not. Pregnancy, just it'll take that away from you. You can you you can get back to, I would say close to where you were, but I would say just get rid of that notion that my body's going to be the same because it's just not. There are so many changes that happens and that's okay because you grew and delivered a human outside of your body. Body. So I would say to people in the postpartum period to really just give yourself grace, eat, maintain a healthy diet, nutrition, all of that. And the weight will come off. And also being active during your pregnancy helps. So yeah, we want you to rest and all that. But pregnancy is a great time to get exercise and to be healthy because you literally are under close supervision. We're seeing you at least monthly. And then when you get into your second and third trimester, we're seeing you every two weeks and then every week. So I highly encourage people to get plenty of exercise. And really, you can do most things as long as it's not, you know, 
too heavy of weights or anything like that. You know, I did my Peloton through my pregnancy. I ran. I did lightweight. So you can do a lot of things. We want you to stay active, but staying active during your pregnancy will help you after your pregnancy when you're trying to take off the weight. But, you know, I don't want people to be so focused on the weight loss and all of that. Just be focused on taking care of you and taking care of your baby and the weight will come off. You just don't need to worry about that. But what you do during your pregnancy absolutely helps for after your pregnancy. Yeah. So is that rule true that you really shouldn't be doing anything during pregnancy that you weren't doing before, like increasing exercise activity? Right. So I wouldn't if, like I'm telling people, if you haven't like ran a marathon before, don't start doing it now. But if I have somebody who's <laughs> run marathons before, they're like, should I stop? I'm like, no, of course not. So if you were active before, like I said, I did CrossFit before. I just continued my CrossFit till I felt comfortable. And when I got too big where I couldn't really hold my balance, I stopped, you know, but I, I let my body kind of speak for itself. But if you are completely sedentary now, I would say I still want you to exercise during pregnancy. But this is not the time where you're going to go hard hardcore and do a strongman competition. And we're not doing all of that, but you can start with just simply walking or riding a stationary bike and all of that. So even if you are completely sedentary, I would still say you can, of course, work out during pregnancy, but it doesn't need to be intense. As somebody who is used to a high intensity workout, I tell them just to continue what they're doing, but to listen to their body. And this is, of course, all in the context of a low risk pregnancy. If you have a high risk pregnancy, then you know, talk to your doctor specifically about what exercises may be right for you. All right, ladies, that's good. Good tips. If you're kind of freaking out a little bit because, you know, you haven't been as disciplined as you need to be. Right. Now you're pregnant. You can still get on, get on top of it. I love going on long walks. That's like one of my favorites. Um, Absolutely. Things to do. I'm still, yeah, I'm still trying to do my regular, a little bit of weights, a little bit of hit, not too intense, but I do love my long walks. That's really peaceful for me to do. And yeah, I really am like, oh gosh. And walking is really perfect in pregnancy. So I feel like that's helping okay, your perfect. mental health and your physical health. So keep doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you can't do anything else, just go on long walks. Right. What about this postpartum healing? Did you have your kids naturally any C-sections? I had all my kids via C-section because of the fibroid surgery that I had. It was so extensive that I could not have a vaginal delivery. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. How do you feel about the difference between the two? Because I've had a friend, she just had a baby and she opted to have a C-section. She chose to have a C-section. I don't know if that's normal. I don't know if there's... Obviously, there's pros and cons to each, but I'm like, hmm. Like, now it kind of has me questioning my process. There's pros and cons to each. I would say that, you know, our bodies are made to have vaginal delivery. So if you can, I would certainly have a vaginal delivery. They obviously have risk. You know, usually vaginal deliveries go perfectly, beautifully fine. But sometimes, you know, there can be dangers if the you know baby gets stuck or what if you have bad tearing or just the labor process in itself. Just you could be in labor for days and days, especially if it's your first baby. Overall, vaginal delivery is safer. You know, you're not having a major surgery. There's less bleeding. Um, with the C-section, of course, it's a major abdominal surgery. So I know we try to minimize it sometimes, but it's very much a major surgery with very real risk. You know, my last, my third C-section was, uh, I lost a lot of blood. I had to get a blood transfusion during the case. It was kind of scary, even 
me knowing everything that was going on as I'm getting operated on. And so, of course, the benefits are that a schedule like I knew exactly when I was going to have my baby. There was no labor like I had my mom in place and everybody in place because I was like, I'm going for a C-section at 930 on this day, just, you know, makes it Mm -hmm. easier. It's done. There is no labor. We I go in and, and 30 minutes later, my baby's out and I'm back in the PACU. So, you know, of course, but some people, you know, have reasons. Like for me, like I said, I had extensive surgery. Some people, if there's issues with their placenta or if there's something wrong with the baby and they need an emergent surgery. So of course, C-sections are needed, but our preference is always for you to have a vaginal delivery. But some people have had like a traumatic vaginal delivery. So I've had people who have had like a really bad fourth degree tear or their baby got stuck and they had a bad shoulder dissociation. They're like, I'm not going through that again. So I want a C-section with my next baby. And that is your choice. So I think as long as you you are fully educated on your choices, you are welcome. Like we won't try to sway you one way or the other. Again, vaginal delivery is safer, but if there's any reason you have to have a C-section, that's okay. I think my biggest thing is when people try to compare like one's better or one's harder or easier. I'm like, either way, you're doing a hard thing by delivering a baby. I don't care if it's through your abdomen. I don't care if it's through your vagina. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's hard either way. So I say we have respect for however people deliver or choose to deliver their babies. But overall, if you can have a vaginal delivery, have it because it's an easier recovery. It's a way harder recovery with the C-section. But know that if you have to have a C-section for any reason, that is okay too. I've had to have three and that is okay. What I'm glad of is that I'm healthy and my babies are healthy and that's what matters. So speaking of vaginal delivery and all the things, I'm very much a holistic natural. I like to do things very naturally, like not a lot of drugs, medicine, whatever. But I keep hearing this thing about witch hazel to heal postpartum, maybe for vaginal soreness or tears or anything like that. Yeah. So um, I'm actually partnering with Tian Dickinson's and they um, they are known for their witch hazel. And so I'll talk about a few of their products and why I recommend them for many uses, but especially in the postpartum stage. So for Tian Dickinson's, their main product is their witch hazel clinical grade, 100% natural astringent. And the reason why I like it is because it's witch hazel in its purest form. It doesn't have any additives or anything like that. So I feel really great about recommending that for my postpartum moms. People will notice that we give them witch hazel in the hospital because it's known for its anti-inflammatory and healing properties. I tell people they can make patsicles. Sometimes we'll do that for you in the hospital too, where you actually will take a pad and put it in the freezer with diluted witch hazel. And that is that gives patients such soothing and cooling relief again helps with healing helps with swelling irritation and pain and you know witch hazel sometimes um, does have alcohol in it and so if you want a non-alcohol option, Tian Dickinson's also makes their witch hazel alcohol-free moisturizing astringent, which is great because it has hyaluronic acid and aloe vera. Aloe vera is also known for its anti-inflammatory properties, so you can also use that in your patsicles. And really, it is just so great as you are trying to heal. I feel like you're worried about so many other things while you're pregnant that things like that really, really help. Not only is it good for postpartum, but I also use it as part of my skincare routine. Routine. So after my cleanser, I use witch hazel just for an extra cleansing. Some people use it as a toner. Um, I use it for my children. So if they have cuts or scrapes or bruises, because we're always outside and my children are small and they get hurt every single day, Tian Dickinson's witch hazel is also great for that. My husband, after he shaves, he uses it for aftershave. So there are just so many uses with witch hazel. Um, but definitely postpartum, you'll 
you'll notice that we if you, especially if you have a vaginal delivery, we will probably give it to you when, when you're home. Great to add to your pads. Great to put your pads in the freezer and really to get really to help you get some soothing cleansing relief. Oh, my gosh. I love that word. Padsicles. <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm like, where are my padsicles? <laughs> yeah, they sell they sell them in the store, too. But I tell people you don't have to buy it. You can just you can just make your own, but dilute yeah. witch hazel. Like usually I tell people put like half water, half witch hazel, pour it on the pad, stick it in the freezer and you can wrap them each up in foil Then take it out when you're ready to use it, stick it in that mesh underwear and you are good to go. Oh my gosh. I am going to so. stock up on this. Yes. I, so I have never make, the, make those it. before you deliver, make that before you deliver. I'm going to have a patsicle party in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Who People wants, do it. People do it. Who wants so. to come over and stock up my patsicles with me? Oh my gosh. I love it. I'm definitely, yeah, it's, so it's a game that. changer. I'm, anything just, like I said, holistically, naturally, like best of the best. And this, just doing my research for a little bit. Yeah. It sounds like it's, it's like you said, an astringent and anti-inflammatory and helps with wounds and tears and all the things. So I am going to stock up on my Tea and Dickinson's for sure. (laughs) Yes. Um, So with your blog, girl, you blog about a lot. Lifestyle, home, fitness, beauty, fashion, courses. You have eBooks, everything. How do you do it? (laughs) I guess that's a very broad question. But for all the moms out there who just like struggling to find the time, I know you obviously are a doctor, you had to be very disciplined and regimented in the past. Like what are some what are some tips that you do to, you know, not get burnt out, stay motivated, stay a mom, a wife, all the things? I would say my biggest thing, which anybody who knows me will always hear me say is to make sure that you ask for help. So I do not claim to be this superwoman because I am not. And there is there are only a finite amount of hours in the day. And I get burnt out just like other people. But the thing is, you have to recognize when you're getting burnt out. You know, like two years ago, when I recognized I was getting burnt out, I quit my job. And I said, you know what, I can't do this. I want something different and found something different that now fits my lifestyle where I'm actually happy. But I think recognizing that you need time for yourself and you don't have to do it all. So um, I do have a very supportive partner who helps with household chores, who helps with picking up, dropping off kids, cooking, laundry, all of those things, because it is just not my responsibility. I'm also, I tell people sometimes you have to hire your village. So you may need to hire help um, to make sure that things are a little bit easier for you. So I do not do it all myself. I, I will say I do have a healthy level of discipline, which does come from being in medical school and being in residency and studying for boards and not really having a choice. Um, but there are some days where I just watch TV all day and that is fine. I think we make ourselves feel guilty for getting rest. I remember I called my mom and um, I told her that I was like, I have this stretch of time off and I was supposed to do this, this and this. And I was like, all I did was sleep all day. And she was like, that sounds great. Good for you. And I was like, what? She was like, you need to be okay with just resting. You always want to do something. Just rest. Just be okay with resting. And then my sister-in-law reiterated that to me yesterday because I was complaining again that I wasn't using my break wisely. And when I'm on call, I'm not going to have time to catch up on, you know, my other stuff because I blog and, you know, work with brands and things like that. And she was like, you need to give yourself more grace. She's like, you're always going. She's like, I don't care if you just sleep these next two and a half weeks, then that's what you need to do. And so I will tell people, recognize 
recognize when you need rest, recognize when your body needs a break. You don't have to just keep going to the next best thing. You can be content where you are and enjoy what you've already done with and in your life. And so take some time out for you, however that looks. If it's a long shower, if it's a massage, if like you said, you like long walks, you know, any nothing should get in the way of those walks because that's what brings you joy. That's what helps you. So anything that truly helps you, whether it's small or big, you know, I travel a lot and that truly brings me joy. But of course, I'm limited by time and money and my who's going to watch my kids. And so I have I have to see what small everyday things can bring me joy and fill my cup so I'm able to give of myself to others. I am the same. I just get this ball of guilt if I take any sort of break. Like you said, if I want to veg out on the couch and watch TV, I'm like, but I should be doing something else. Um, Right. So I, I totally get that. And I think just from coaching so many women throughout the years, I would say women definitely put themselves last. Always. I will give myself that last 5% that I have. And I always tell them, you need to switch that. You need to come first. I know that might sound selfish, but if you come first and you're putting yourself first and you are okay with you mentally, physically, everything, everyone else is just going to benefit. No one's going to benefit from a tired, worn out, burnt out, resentful mother who puts themselves last. And ultimately you're in control of that. So that would definitely be my tip to women out there. It sounds like you do that and sounds like everything's going good for you. And um, I definitely recommend checking out your website. We'll definitely put that in the show notes. It's amazing with so many good nuggets, like I said, about everything, fitness, fashion, beauty. You're gorgeous. Your family is gorgeous. Oh, thank you so much. um, Yeah. I just thank you for taking the time. I know you are a busy, busy mama and everything else, but I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing those little bit of uh, tidbits with us and I'm going to keep I'm going to keep up with you. I already followed you on social girl. Um, so thank you. For <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you. You're so welcome. All right. Well, I'll let you get back to your day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good All day. Right. Bye bye. never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.